0: Psalm 120, and then Psalm 122. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and He answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you, and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows, the glowing coals of the broom tree. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshech, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace. But when I speak, they are for war. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. There thrones for judgment were set, the thrones of the house of David, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. This is the reading of the Lord's word this morning. Let's pray and ask him to illumine our hearts. God, as we come before you into your house, we ask that you would transform us, that you would speak to us through your word. That you would point us to Jesus, who is our peace, our security, our comfort, our justice. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us, that you would show us what you want us to know about you and about us. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So why are you here this morning? Why did you get out of bed? And decide to go to church. Lots of people don't go to church, right? They all have a reason. Maybe they're tired. They sleep. They want to sleep in. They have other things to do. They want to catch up with chores, or maybe they just want to putter around the house. Why are you here? Why did you ignore all those reasons to stay away and come here? I, I can't answer for you, right? I can't tell you what's in your heart. But I can tell you what the psalmist of 122 would say. Because Psalm 122, uh, this is the third psalm in what's called the Psalms of Ascent, which are the songs that the pilgrims of Israel would sing as they journeyed from outside up towards the city of Jerusalem. They are living out in Israel, they are doing their normal lives, but every year they'd make this pilgrimage to go to the Jerusalem, to the city of God, to walk up the steps to the temple, and to go to worship. And Psalm 122 tells us what the psalmist is expecting to find. But it's in context, that's why we read Psalm 120. Because Psalm 120 is what the psalmist feels when he's not in the house of God. This is what it's like to live in the world. Right? Woe to me that I dwell in Meshech and in Kedar. I am for peace, but when I speak about this, they are for war. This is what it's like to live in the world. You are for peace, and yet the people around you, the world, seems like it's for war. You're for justice, but the world seems to want a perverted form of justice. The world wants not justice, but vengeance, You are for security, and yet the world grows increasingly unsecure. You are for community, and yet the world seems intent on hating others. But the psalmist knows where to go. Because this pilgrimage that begins in Psalm 120, 120, now we're looking at the destination. This is where the pilgrims were going. This is why the psalmist says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. That's where he's going. Because everything that he wants to find, everything that he's looking for, is found in worship in the house of God. That's what Psalm 122 is about. The psalmist is going to the house of God because everything that he's looking for is found in worship in the house of the Lord. So what is he searching for? What is he looking for that he's going to find here? Well, the first thing that we learn is that the psalmist is searching for community. Psalm 120 was an anguished, lonely voice. One man crying out against the voices of many people who wanted war. But in Psalm 122, it begins with an invitation. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Now, when I was younger... uh, I would go to the OPC winter camp down in California, Um, small denomination, right? It's the same people every year. You get to know everybody. And every year, as you keep going, you start to build relationships to the point where you could go and jump out of the car and it's like nothing ever changed, right? As you see these friends that you've known uh, for a few years, and it's special, it's, it's a wonderful thing because you're building a community together. A community shaped not by common interests, not by, hey, we're all here because we like Legos. We're all here because we love the Lord, because we want to join together in community and worship God. And that's not unlike what the Israelite pilgrims would experience every year as they made this journey to Jerusalem. They would see friends and family that they hadn't seen for a year, but it would be as though no time had passed at all. They share in this joy right, that they're gathering together to do what? To go to the house of the Lord. Because the psalmist is not searching for just any old community. Because non-Christians can have community. But what sets apart a Christian community? Verses 3 and 4. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. God's people, their community is bound together as was decreed, as was commanded, to give thanks to the Lord. That's what sets apart a Christian community, is, is people who are obeying God's command to come and worship. People who want to go to the Lord's house to worship Him, to obey Him. In other words, this is what defines our community. Not our common interests, not because we look alike, not because we sound alike. We're not a book club. We're a congregation of God. We're a tribe of the Lord commanded to come and worship Him. That's what unites us. That's what brings us together. That's why we're here. And this is why the psalmist is glad to go to the house of the Lord, he's excited to go to church. Because he knows that that's where he's going to find the community he's looking for. This joining together of fellow believers who love the Lord like he loves the Lord. Who want to obey the Lord like he wants to obey the Lord. And to worship God together. That is what he's looking for. And that is only found not in the world. Not in Meshach and Qadar, It's found in the house of God. It's found here. When you come to worship on Sunday. You come and you will find community. True community community but the psalmist is also looking for something else that the world cannot provide which is justice look at verse 5 as he comes to the city as they come to the city they rejoice that there in Jerusalem thrones for judgment were set the thrones of the house of David it's in the, in, in the house of God are the thrones of judgment, the thrones of David. Now what this means is where do you go when you want justice? Right, where do you go when you've been wronged and you need justice? Well, you go to the king. Right, think of the two women, uh, that story in uh, First Kings where the two women go to Solomon because they're arguing over whose baby uh, belongs to whom. And they go to the throne room of Solomon. And they go there because they're seeking justice, they're seeking truth, they're seeking uh, the king to set right what has been broken. And a godly king in the line of David, his command, his job was to care for the oppressed. To be the voice of the powerless, to give vindication to the falsely accused. He is the, the king who stands for what is right and true and just. And in Psalm 120, the psalmist cries out that the world doesn't want justice. It wants war. The world doesn't want peace and truth. The world wants vengeance and brokenness. So where is he going to find justice? Where is he going to find someone who will stand up for him? The house of the Lord. Because there is where God has set his throne Where you go before the king, the king in the line of David, who will set right what has been broken. This is what the Lord has provided for his pilgrim people. So what about us? When we come to worship on Sunday, are we coming for justice as well? Yes. Yes but in multiple ways, right? We come here because we know that here is the Lord, His throne, where we will find protection. We'll find a king who will stand for us, but also we'll come because we know that we don't deserve to be here. And we need not just protection, but we need forgiveness. And the only way that happens is through the throne of the King of David. The only way that happens it's because when we come to worship, we see Jesus Christ crucified. We see our Lord hung on a tree for our sins. We see Jesus who gave up his life as a sacrifice to take away your guilt. Because it's on the cross that justice is satisfied. Where the Lord can, can truly say that he is just and the justifier of the ungodly justice has been appeased. And so we come into worship to give thanks to the name of the Lord because it's here that God's throne is set. The judgment has been rendered. You are forgiven. And now we get to rejoice. And what this means is that when we come to worship, we find not just justice, but we find security. Think about for Israel, what Jerusalem represented It's a physical city, but it's it's not just any city. This is a city on the hill. It's got strong walls. Verse 3 says that it's a city bound firmly together. Verse 7, peace be within your walls and security within your towers. God's people want peace and security. And where do they find that? For Israel, they found that in the, the physical city of Jerusalem because it represented strength and protection and security. It was a city that was defensible. Right? Enemies could not overtake it. And when you're inside, you're safe. When you're inside the house of God, you're safe. Because imagine the pilgrims... Right? They're leaving their homes. They're making this, this hard journey towards Jerusalem. What they're doing is they're taking a risk. They're exposing themselves and becoming vulnerable. Right? The elements could get them wild animals, bandits on the road, a surprise raid by the Philistines. Right? How do you know that you're going to be safe? You see the city. There's your beacon of safety. Similarly for us, following Jesus is a risk. When you follow Jesus, you're exposing yourself. You're becoming vulnerable. You risk the hatred of the world. You risk losing family or friends. You risk sometimes your own life. And here in America, we have a lot of blessings we're protected in so many ways we're not worried about being attacked but around the world Christians when they go to church they are putting their lives at risk I don't think I need to tell you in explicit details but that's why we pray for the persecuted church every week it's to remind us that this is the cost of following Jesus for many of our brothers and sisters So why do they keep going? Why take that risk? It's only because we know that whatever we lose... in following Jesus... we gain back... through following Jesus. We find security... not in our self-defense... but we find security in our King... in Jesus... who has stood up on the cross... and died for our sins... and yet who lives now... And who is coming again. So when we come to God's house to worship him. We find security. Not because we we're never going to be attacked. Not because we're never going to be persecuted. But because Jesus Christ lives. And our security is found in his work for us. That even if we should lose our lives. We will gain them back in Christ. And so Paul says do not fear Those who can only harm the body. Worship the Lord, who will resurrect you. That is your security. And all these things that the psalmist wants to find community, justice, security he finds it in the house of the Lord, he finds it in worship. That's why he gets up on Sunday to go to church. It's because he knows that everything he's looking for it's not found out there it's found here it's found when he comes to the Lord and worship and when you know this when you understand and believe that everything you're looking for is found in the house of the Lord that shapes your priorities that shapes the things that you love the things that you desire the things that you do the things you pray for So, the second half of our psalm today, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. So, in other words, the psalmist doesn't just go to church because he can, he goes because the Lord has commanded him. And he doesn't just go to church. But his priorities are shaped by worship. He prays for Jerusalem. He prays for her security. He prays for his family, for his brothers and sisters in the Lord. He, he prays for the good of the house of the Lord. What he wants, most of all, is not security for himself. It's not so that he might have all these things for himself, but that God's people might have these things. He seeks the Lord's good. In other words, he's not a passive recipient, but he's actively involved when he goes to worship. He joins himself to the community. He invests himself in the lives of his fellow pilgrims. And your priorities must be shaped in this same way. Ask yourself... Why are you here today? Are you here because of habit? Are you here because you know you're supposed to be? Or are you here because everything that you're looking for can only be found in worship? Are you here because your life and your priorities have been shaped by the Lord, by worship of Him? Do you invest yourself in the community of God? Or do you hold people at arm's length? I know it's risky. I know it's hard to be vulnerable. But your security is found in Jesus. Your community is found here. Justice has been satisfied. Your sins have been forgiven. Everything you're looking for is found in worship. But guess what? As wonderful as church is, and as, as great as it is to come and worship on Sunday, all the things we do and say and experience here today are just a sample. It's, it's a crumb of the reality that we're waiting for. It's nothing compared to what it will be like in the heavenly house of the Lord. Because even the Israelite pilgrims, they knew that earthly Jerusalem was not their final destination. They knew it wasn't a permanent institution. That's why the psalmist prays for the city, prays that she would continue to provide this taste of heaven for them. But Jerusalem would not last forever. The walls would not stand. The security would be broken down. The temple would be demolished. And it would never be the same after the Babylonians destroyed it. Her people would be scattered, the community broken. But God was not done. God had something better in mind. He had in mind a city not made by human hands, as Hebrew says. A city that could not be overthrown by all the forces of darkness in the world. A city where his people would dwell with him in community, in justice, and in security forever. The Lord provides us with little tastes this morning to remind us that what's coming is better That the things that we desire most will be satisfied. That when we desire to worship the Lord, he will not turn us away. In fact, he will say, in my Father's house are many rooms. If that were not so, I would not have told you. Because I am going there to prepare a place for you. To remember where you're going. Remember what the destination is. I know that everything that you're looking for is found in worship of the Lord. And that even as you pilgrim, even as you take that risk and expose yourself, the Lord promises to nourish you and to provide for you. And that's why we celebrate the Lord's Supper every week. Because this is our pilgrim feast. This is where the Lord nourishes pilgrims who are on the way where he gives you a taste of heaven to remind you to keep going, to strengthen you, and to show you what it's going to be like when you get there. Because on the table we see and find community right? one body, one bread. We find justice. We see that Jesus Christ was slain for our sins, that his body and blood were broken for us, but we see security. That we are bought with the blood of Jesus. That it's guaranteed to us. That we cannot lose Jesus. And we see our hope for the future. Because as wonderful as this meal is, it is, it is small. It is modest. But it points us forward to a true feast. The wedding supper of the Lamb, as Revelation calls it. So I'd like to invite the elders forward so we can partake of these heavenly realities and look forward to when Jesus returns. Lord in heaven, we thank you again for your provision that you feed us, that you remind us of the comfort we have through Jesus Christ. But Lord, we ask that as we worship you, as we come into your house, that you would shape us, that our lives and our priorities would be shaped by worship of you, by obeying your commands, by seeking the good of your people that we would invest ourselves in the lives of our brothers and sisters, that we would take those risks to be vulnerable with each other, and that we would comfort each other with the gospel, call each other uh, to confess our sins and to turn to you. Lord, guide us, help us as a church as we look forward to our heavenly city. All these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.